Welcome back to another exciting episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where, at least recently, we've started talking a little bit more about video games and, uh, or video game movies, and there could not be a bigger video game movie than what we're going to talk about today. Uh, today, we are talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, obviously done by Nintendo, and Illumination Studios. Um, this is a big one. We got a lot to say about this. Um, okay, it's pretty average length, I would say, for one of our episodes, so it's not big in that way, but we, we both had a lot to say, uh, a lot of thoughts, and um, it is spoiler light, I'll say. That's what that's what I'm usually going to say for, these, <laughs> for most episodes, I feel like. But um, the point being... There are probably some spoilers in this. We definitely talk about some cool Easter eggs that uh, uh, we both liked. Um, but uh, ultimately, you know, no major plot spoilers throughout. Well, there aren't major plot spoilers until about halfway through. And we don't mark them very well because uh, this movie is relatively thinly plotted so uh sometimes we just kind of forget about the fact that there's spoilers coming up so like i said spoiler light i don't think that uh listening to this before you have seen the movie will ruin your enjoyment of the movie but if you don't want spoilers uh come back afterwards we'll still be here and uh in the meantime what I was very excited to do for this episode was put on some uh, Koji Kondo Mario music. And I am going to kind of do that, except that we're going to use music from the movie. So uh, here's a little bit of Koji Kondo composed and Brian Tyler arranged music from the Mario movie. episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about video games that have been adapted into movies. Pierre, <laughs> what's your favorite video game movie that we've talked about on this podcast? Please restrict it to only ones we've talked about on this podcast. I think the only one we've done is Sonic, right? <laughs> yep. But I remember is it. it? <laughs> yeah, okay. So is it Sonic or is it Sonic 2? Probably. I guess it's God. That's actually a tough question. I don't remember which one I ranked higher. I'd say if I had to pick one to watch again, probably... Uh, I, 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 I refuse to answer that question. All right. 
we'll come back to it. I'm thinking about the answer to that question myself now. And like, Ooh. I feel like we got to, I feel like at least one of us has to return to it. Yeah, that's fair. What are we talking about while we talk about, while we think about our favorite between Sonic and Sonic 2? This is interesting. We're actually going to talk about the second adaptation of Sonic's greatest rival in the 90s, Mario. We're going to talk about the Super Mario movie, or the Super Mario Bros. movie by, uh, who directed this? I want, to, I want to say the directors before I say the studio, by... Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelenic working for Illumination Studios. This is uh, probably Illumination Studios. Like, I don't know if it's their highest grossing movie ever yet. Definitely will be. Could be. Almost certainly their biggest movie ever. Like, I think it has, it probably has the highest budget. Well, yeah, I think it's at what, a hundred million? A hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's a bold statement, but I think if any, if I had to trust any studio, if I had to give a bunch of money to any studio and I'd be like, make me back at least like $50 million or something, I would definitely trust, uh, 50 million in profit, I should say. I would definitely trust Illumination. I think they're probably the most effective movie studio or animated movie studio in terms of making a profit. By far, I think, especially right now. Yeah, I have very mixed feelings on Illumination Studios, uh, primarily meaning bad. I, I don't like Illumination Studios very much, but like <laughs> they make money. They're able to make very good and more importantly, not more importantly, as importantly, very consistent looking movies for. Um, OK, so Mario isn't on a shoestring budget but they're able to make them for no. like not that much money. And you know, a hundred million is a pretty decent budget for an animated movie, but like, this is also an exception. Like illumination. I don't think usually spends a hundred million dollars on their movies. Yeah. Even like, uh, I think the last minions movie, which is by far their, their surest bet of making a ton of money, I think was 80 million budget. 80, 80 million. So, and it made that so yeah, this was this was a little step up. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's it's insane. Um, so I and I Nintendo being a very, I'd, I'd say maybe in terms of uh, how they run their company, you could say they're a lot like Illumination, where they invest very little money and they receive a lot of profit in return for their products, which can vary from amazing to. Uh, pretty cheap i guess like my impression of nintendo is that they are very careful with their franchises i'm not gonna say they're like mm -hmm. well I, I would say in general as a general rule they tend to be more risk averse but like not entirely so like for example like this isn't mario but uh the legend of zelda breath of the wild when it came out was very different from previous Legend of Zelda games. Like, they, they took it in a very different direction. They really changed the game in a lot of ways as far as open world uh, open world games went, were, went at that time. And, like, it was innovative, but I would hesitate to call it risky because as a Legend of Zelda game, it was a guaranteed moneymaker. Everyone was going to buy it. So, like, they'll, they'll take risks when the risk is, like, not that big of one, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, 
you know, I, I think it's it's served them well considering how long their their brands have lasted. You know, mm-hmm. um, but in some ways, I'd say it it definitely holds them back. At least, well, does Nintendo own Pokemon? Nintendo is that a separate does company? own Pokemon. Uh, Nintendo okay. is well, I take it back. <laughs> Nintendo's a one third ownership in Pokemon, technically, except that I believe oh, okay. they also have controlling interests in the other two thirds. Like in the companies that own okay. the other two thirds. Wow. Okay, that's confusing, but because I, so I was gonna, say, I guess po- Pokemon is Pokemon is what the the second or the most profitable franchise of all time. I think. I believe it's the most profitable, and if it isn't, Mario is. Like it's one of those two. No, it's not one of the two. Wait, let me. Try. I think it, the other one's Winnie the Pooh, actually. Uh, how, how would you describe is it franchise? Franchise. Most profitable yeah. media franchises. List of highest grossing media franchises. Pokemon. Oh, and then Mickey the Mouse. Oh, wow. yeah, Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. That's actually surprising. Mickey um, Mouse probably includes then, like all of the, not all of the Disney characters, but all of like Disney original characters that aren't associated with a different franchise. Yeah, that's fair. Also, it's like, I think to be fair, it's like fifty years older than anything else on the list here. So yeah, it's like got a huge advantage. But yeah, Pokemon is the biggest, and it's like by a wide margin. Like the second is Mickey Mouse, and third is Star Wars, and they're both around fifty mil- billion. Uh, Pokemon is at seventy six billion, so it's it's literally thirty three percent higher than the second the second place. Uh, competitors so that's that's really good and nintendo's taken full advantage of that by taking very very few risks with the pokemon franchise at least game wise i guess i don't i I think show wise i mean i guess just ending the show is a pretty big risk honestly um so i kind of respect that the main thing that holds that that holds those games back isn't their lack of willingness to take risks it's really more the fact that they have they they basically release a game every year. So even if they want to take risks, it ends up uh, being risks in a not-so-great executed game. Half yeah, time. but it's like, it's like I can't blame them. It's like I, I can't blame Illumination for not making more ambitious movies with like better storytelling. It's like, why would you do that when you're making way more money just doing what you're doing already? So, and you like, I, I feel like before you could argue like, oh yeah, but Pixar, like, Pixar makes more money in the long run because they invest they they invest in their stories and their franchises. But now look at Pixar, and then look at Elimination, like, and does it's like Pixar make more money. Like Pixar makes a lot of well, money, yes, but is it more than Elimination? I think there was a time when, like, I'd I'd say in the mid twenty tens, when any Pixar at least franchise made a hefty sum of money. Like, look at Incredibles two, Finding Dory. Uh, Toy Story 4, Toy Story 3, you know, those are all billion dollar movies. Whereas so far, Illumination has had, I think only the Minions have really hit that billion dollar mark for them. Well, that, that like Minions slash Despicable franchises, mm-hmm. um, which is still really good, you know, but I, I'd say before Pixar had a very dominant era where I think a lot of their hard work from the early 2000s paid off and they were coasting on nostalgia into the 2010s but then now that they've kind of exhausted all their all their franchises they're they're kind of screwed i guess so 
Whereas Illumination is a younger studio, so they haven't burnt out on any, I don't think any of their franchises yet. I think there's a Sing 3 coming out. I think there's definitely Wait, another there Minions. Was already a Sing 3? Was it Sing is 2 Sing... that came out? I know. Yeah, it was Sing 2 that I'm thinking of. Okay, so, is there... so a Sing 3 might be coming out. Okay. Yeah. And like, I think um... I've heard of a Secret Life of Pets 3 too. Oh, definitely. There's no way they don't do that. So, um, and I, you know, they're in they're in a pretty for sure, good spot. But like, they they might still have the Doctor Seuss license that let them do the Lorax and the Grinch. Oh yeah. So, so they're they're doing know, well. I, they're doing okay. Yeah, they're in a solid spot. I think they're new. I'm The movie Migration feels like a very odd choice from them. It looks like a very normal movie. I don't know if you saw the trailer for that before Mario, but. Um, I don't think I did. I, I don't remember. It's just about, from what I can tell, it's just ducks migrating, <laughs> but across the country. So we'll see. But I mean, they don't have to worry anymore because they have Mario now and Mario has taken the world by storm, which is really surprising to me because I remember, I mean, we saw Pokemon had a movie as well recently, like a, a big blockbuster movie and mm-hmm. Pokemon, like it did all right. But it definitely, you know, wasn't as big as, like, I, I saw people predicting, like, billion, like, a billion dollars or something easily because, again, Pokemon is, like, by far the biggest franchise in the world. But it made, like, 400 million, 450 million, I think. Damn. And that's probably uh, why we Mario... haven't seen another movie anytime soon. And uh, Mario also made 400 million. And that's just this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> or like, yeah, which is like, like so. This movie is doing a lot better, and that really surprised me because I, I didn't, I never thought of Mario himself as being a huge get, at least with kids, with young kids nowadays. I, I always, I thought he was more of like a, a Mario type figure where everyone knows him, but no one's actually like a huge fan of him. If that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I can't speak fully from experience, but like, I know there's a lot of people who are ride or dies for Mario. I know I've enjoyed all the games I've played, but like, I don't think mm. I don't know I don't know how many Mario Mario games you grew up with or like have played recently. Just just Mario Odyssey recently, I'd say. That's like yeah. I I played two Mario games my whole life. I didn't have any. What? Oh, I guess I don't know. When I was younger, I played I played a lot on the Wii. Um, I played you know Mario Party and Mario Kart, obviously. Mm-hmm. But those are like I I never understand because they're not there's no story behind them. They're just they're just characters. Like obviously in the games, there's more of a story, but compared to like Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros or whatever. But only barely. There is a story in, in stuff like Mario Odyssey and Mario 64. But So Mario 64's story, I don't know if you know this, is, is pretty awesome. It opens with a letter from Peach that says, I have baked a cake for you. Come to my castle. <laughs> and so he does. And Peach has been kidnapped by Bowser. So he's got to save her. Wow. And at the end, he gets a cake. Oh, that's so sweet. And so it's like... Full it's like that caliber of stuff where the the important part of the game, especially in Mario Party or in Mario games, isn't usually the story. It's there, and the story's like 
especially in more more recent Mario games like Odyssey, Galaxy, Galaxy 2. It's not like the story is completely insignificant, but it's definitely not the focus. The story usually amounts to, through some contrivance, Princess Peach has been captured. Save her. Yeah. That's like the classic. So everyone knows that. And uh, I guess going into the Super Mario movie, they don't really switch it up that much. They do a bit, I guess. Do you want to do you want to say how they switch it out or do you want do you want me to do it? Uh I'll try, I'll try. Mario and Luigi are the Super Mario Bros and they live in Brooklyn, New York, which was very surprising that they actually stuck to that for me. <laughs> or they just started their own plumbing business and their family does not believe in them and they I guess the business isn't going well so far. They have an incident at the start that kind of puts them puts them down. But then they inspect a a leakage problem in somewhere in Brooklyn, and while inspecting the leakage, they they stumble upon like a pipe, a pipe slash wormhole thing that tell, transports them to a mushroom, the Mushroom Kingdom, or Mario to the Mushroom Kingdom, and Luigi to the the Darklands or wherever Bowser is. And the rest of the movie is Mario is trying to find his brother Luigi and defeat Bowser with the help of Peach and his friend Toad. I don't know if you'd call them friends, but Toad was there. Toad does at multiple points say that Mario is his best friend, so I think we can take him at his word for that. Yeah, I I thought those those lines were a little uncalled for, but he's a very bold <laughs> he's a very bold friend, I guess. Yeah, so what'd you think? I don't think I loved this movie, but I also have surprisingly little negative to say about it. Like, it's got very little substance, but it's surprisingly solid for what it needs to be. Like, it's just really fun. And, like, clearly that's what they're going for. So it works. I think the uh, the characters are all done really well. I'm sure we'll, we'll like, we'll talk at length about them in, in just a few minutes. But, like... The characters are all uh, the characters are all done really well. I think the um, the locations are the locations are nice. The animation is really cool. Like it's really good. It's really nice to see. The story is very simple. But as we've just gone over, like the story of the games is very simple. I think with the backing of Nintendo, this movie could have been way better than it is. Like even in terms of story and such. But like it didn't didn't need to be. Like it's it's very it's very effective and it's very like it's exactly what it needs to be i guess yeah i like i I feel very similarly it's it's a very by the numbers movie basically none of the characters are really flushed out in any way like mario doesn't really have an arc well i'd say no one really has an arc anyways a lot of the character interactions are very shallow but it was, it basically felt like they were trying to, it's like this, this, they were like, if this is the only Mario movie we're ever going to make, we're going to shove as many references to the games as possible that we can. And hopefully like we'll coast off of that because like there's, there's lots of elements of the movie that are just directly ripped from the games. And I think the, the movie, like a lot of movies, I think they try to ignore the gameplay of of the game like as much as possible this embraces the mario gameplay as much as possible 
um, by giving him a lot of obstacles that are very similar to to the games. They give him a lot. They give him the power ups and stuff. And and there's like a Mario Kart scene. So I mean, there's there's just so much of that going on. And it's like kind of they give you enough throughout the whole movie that you're that you enjoy it. But like. Mm-hmm you're really not getting much else from like, you're not walking out of the theater being like, I love Mario now. It's more like I recognize a lot of those references in that movie. And that's kind of it. Yeah. It has enough substance to it that I like, didn't walk out of it angry, annoyed and rolling my eyes. Like I did from uh ready player one, but like, yeah. I don't know. This is what I'm saying. Like I have surprisingly little to say about it. Like I don't, there's nothing wrong with this kind of movie. Like this is exactly what it was supposed to be. It was very fun. Yeah. It was like great movie for kids. Uh, I had a blast and I probably am not going to go see it again. Like I might, I might check it out when it comes to uh, whatever, I guess Nintendo switch online as the first movie or something. Nintendo switch. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's the thing. It's, it's, there's no like, like Mario at the start, he's introduced as a down on his luck plumber. So you are expecting some kind of like, oh, he finds, he, he learns how to believe in himself in the movie or he learns how to market himself better or something because he's, the start of the movie, they obviously, him and Luigi come up with a terrible ad that a lot of people make fun of them for. Okay, but it's actually an awesome ad. It is, it is pretty awesome. <laughs> but... Like that, like the movie just kind of he goes through everything, and we're told Mario doesn't give up. That's his greatest strength, and he doesn't give up throughout the whole movie. But we don't really get a sense of why. We don't really get a sense of even like conflict because it's not that he doesn't give up. It's just he gets the shit kicked out of him until he can hit a power up, and then he just hopes the power up is something that helps him. You know. Because once yeah. he, it's like he did not learn how to uh, fight or better himself throughout the movie. It was just kind of a lottery system where if he hit a power up and it was like a big mushroom or it was like the cat one or something, he'd instantly be extremely good at whatever he was failing to do before. And then it would just, the movie would move on. So like yeah. he does not re- actually grow in any way, especially not in any way relevant to plumbing. but it but the movie ends in a way that you're like wow he he really went on an adventure and he grew as a person but no he really didn't there's a really interesting scene that i kind of like i think about a while a a few times uh, like i I think about a bit after seeing this movie uh him and mario and donkey kong have just like fallen off the face of the earth uh they've, they've fallen off of rainbow road and landed in uh inside of an eel i guess and Donkey Kong yeah, is sitting there pouting and he's like, you don't know what it feels like to not be appreciated by your dad. And Mario goes, yes, I do. And like, we, we have the context within the movie that both of them are not appreciated by their dads. So this moment, like in terms of what we know about the characters by this point, the like naked writing of it does in fact make sense. It just means mm. so nothing. It's like, what? Where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they they just kind it's, of... It's that, very like, funny, that's the thing. actually. They, they talk for like 
they're in the whale or the eel for like two minutes and then they escape like instantly out of sheer luck. There was no like, I mean, that's literally there's like, that's a scene out of Pinocchio where they're, they're trapped in an eel or the whale at the end of the second act. But Pinocchio has, is at a low point and he really has to learn. Actually, I can't remember. How does he get out of the, he like learns to use his nose to get out. But I can't, there was like some kind of character moment where he like he loves himself again or something. He he will fight for the ones he loves or I can't remember honestly. But it's it's character. It, it was a good moment. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, they're like, yeah, you're like my both of our dads aren't proud of us. And then Donkey Kong gets angry, and then doesn't he like actually don't even remember? Does he like activate one of the rockets from his car, and then they just fly out of the rock with the rocket? Yeah, he, like, punches his car or something, and the rocket starts, like, sparking and going off. And it's like, oh, shit, we can use this. Yeah. And I mean, they, they don't leave. say that, obviously, because this, this is a kid's movie. So they don't say, oh, yeah. shit. Still... <laughs> yeah. Speaking of a kid, there was a lot of surprisingly dark stuff in this movie. Like, a lot of references to death, which really surprised me. Like, in this movie, Bowser, or a lot of characters say, I'm going to kill you. And, like, for such a, a kiddie movie, I, I feel like I never hear the words, I'm going to kill you, straight up in a movie. Other than, like, maybe Pixar movies, but this, it felt very off-tone. Usually when kids' movies, they'll be like, I'm going to destroy you or something. So it's, like, kind of vague about what's actually going to happen. But they just reference killing a lot in the movie. And I got to say, actually, one thing I did really like in this movie... Um, for so most of the tone of this movie is like pretty pretty fun and upbeat not exclusively as you said a lot of characters are just like you know i mean bowser wants to just like kill everyone in the world basically you know certain characters definitely have more more violent streaks but for the most part this movie is pretty upbeat and fun uh the scenes involving luigi are a, such a tonal shift from everything else like when we meet Mario in the Mushroom Kingdom, it's like you're in a new whimsical place, and here's a new and here's a mushroom friend, Toad. You're gonna go to the Mushroom City, and then we go to Luigi, and it's like abandon all hope, all ye who enter here. Luigi meets a skeleton and is abducted by people in masks who do not talk. It's just like a full-on horror movie for a bit. I mean, like by comparison, but still, the yeah. Luigi. The Luigi stuff is all so dark in tone. <laughs> it just has a really. Which I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was cute. I like. I mean, it wasn't too scary because it was like. Uh, I guess he was technically like surrounded by zombies, but they're dry bones, so they're all like really cute. So yeah. I, I was never like like too. It didn't feel that tonal too tonally different for me, but um, yeah, he 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 does kind of go through a rough time. But I love actually. I I wish Luigi had more of a presence because I feel like he's the one that actually could have had a character arc where he starts as a very scared and relying on Mario type of person. And he could have grown into maybe becoming more independent by the end of the movie. But he also just, Mm -hmm. by the end, he just kind of relies. I mean, well, no, there's that one moment actually where he, he stands up for Mario for once rather than the other way around, which I thought was nice. Also, the uh, the plot you just outlined, Luigi starting off as a scaredy cat and too reliant on Mario, and then learning to like rely on himself, 
is the video game plot of Luigi's Mansion. So if there ever was oh. a Luigi spin, it's a very natural uh, progression. Yeah, yeah. That's actually really cool. Well, I didn't know. I, I need to play Luigi's Mansion. It's it's um, very good and legitimately scary. Not even kidding. It's actually just a horror oh, nice. game. Oh, cool. I love that. Yeah, well, actually, like, now that you mention it, I, I'm more excited about, I think there's a lot of potential to make different games from this movie as, like, a starting point, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. as individual scenes, some of these, like, there was kind of, I don't know if it's, like, a reference to Luigi's Mansion, but when he was, gets kidnapped, he's he's obviously very scared. And he was in a mansion. I don't know if that's a direct reference or whatever, but there was that implication. And I did like that scene of Luigi being terrified of where he was as a standalone thing. Um, I loved the Mario Kart scene, like just complete, like that, that whole scene was really, really fun. And I just, I really wish that was a much bigger portion of the movie Um, because I actually thought it was like really well shot. It was very, very kinetic. Like you could really feel the momentum of the scene, like, through the camera work and like the way the characters interacted and stuff, which I thought was really nice. And I think that was also, that was also the first moment that they were attacked by Bowser's army. And it actually Mm -hmm. felt the presentation of it actually felt like, you know, like a big battle scene Mm -hmm. and like a cool spin on it because it was a race. It wasn't like a bunch of people hitting each other with spears, which wouldn't have fit in this movie, but it was like, no, but, but like it did feel like a big competition, like or competition's mm. the wrong word, but like a big fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'd love, I'd love to see a Mario movie. I think a Luigi's Mansion movie could be cool. I think a Smash Bros. movie would actually be really cool if they like, if they made like a Zelda movie, and then like, because I, 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 yeah, I, I'd definitely say the the biggest thing that worked was just the world and. Mm-hmm. I think the characters established. I like. I liked all the voice actors. Actually, I thought they were all really good, and they established a lot of potential for the future. I'm not necessarily excited for the future because, again, I don't really truly care about any of the characters. But I thought the world itself was very fun and interesting. Not just because it was like Mario references, but because like the world itself is like like an interesting place for a setting for the characters to be in. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like, it was really well realized in terms of the visuals, but also like a lot of the references to the games. This movie, I think we talked about it last week when we were talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Like this movie definitely has a lot of, look, I said, I, sh- I showed you the thing references, but it also does have a lot of like more organic things. Like all the like, not side characters, but just like creatures that are walking around in the Mushroom Kingdom are creatures from the Mario games that are just, that just live there. They're just hanging out. And I think that like it did the way they were put into those worlds and like the way the world was animated made the worlds feel, and it feel very alive, which is important Mm -hmm. in animated movies in animated movies, especially, but in, in movies in general, I guess. Yeah. It's it's just a world that I really want to see more of. And I feel like a lot of movies don't establish the setting as well as they could. And I, I think the, the world in this felt very organic um, mm-hmm. and fun. And like, I think illumination did a good job. Like I, I know like, like we were talking about how their movies were pretty cheap earlier, but this movie doesn't like feel cheap. I, I never like was looking at it. And I was like, 
the animation looks off here was just more like they chose very simple designs for things and they made those designs look very good with the money they had so a couple more things uh what do you think of i want to know what you thought of the villains of this movie but like first let's let's start with seth rogan as donkey kong because because i want to i want to get him out of the way first Oh, he was good. He was maybe my favorite. I thought he, I was surprised he played that as well as he did. I definitely heard Seth Rogen more than I heard Donkey Kong, but like, I don't know what I heard Donkey Kong would mean necessarily. <laughs> Cause like yeah. Donkey Kong doesn't have a voice actor. He's just a gorilla. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I was like a little split on it because he was just Seth Rogen. And like, he even, mm. I went and saw this with a buddy and every time seth rogan did the seth rogan laugh uh my buddy turned to me and is like damn that must be in his contract eh? that he's allowed to do that once <laughs> at least once a movie <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's the reason everyone like knows him so i they had to pull it out at least once yeah but the other one i wanted to talk about is what do you think of jack black as bowser i, I thought he was great as well i just i wish bowser had more to do i thought his character basically was revolving around one joke that was played out by like the first scene. Yeah, kind of. But I also thought, I wouldn't say it necessarily made him a unique villain, but I think it made him like a little bit of an interesting villain just because, you know, he wasn't evil for the sake of being evil. His whole goal was now that he has the means to conquer the world, he wants to have a really cute wedding with Peach. Which, like, I thought was, you know, it's like you said, it's one joke, and they you they play they play on it the entire movie. But I thought it was a pretty funny joke, at least the first time or two. Yeah, they definitely like like all the different scenes have some some sort of unique aspect to it of making the same joke, which I guess I appreciated. I just wish he had a more active role in the movie. Where in this, he basically is just kind of sitting back and doing nothing until he kidnaps Peach um, mm-hmm. towards the later part of the movie. And that's kind of it. Like, I, I wish I would like, I, w- I would have loved to see him in the Mario Kart race or uh, I don't know, just, just to hurt more people or something. He, he never really came off as like a very terrifying villain. He was like a looming threat, but like with all of the emphasis on looming, People were scared of him, but like we didn't, we didn't necessarily see that much of a reason why. Yeah, I just, I wish, I, I, I feel like I'm noticing this thing now where a lot of movies, in like the second act, if a character is going on a quest, they just basically forget about the main villain. It reminds me a lot of like Thor Ragnarok, or I don't know why I'm thinking about Thor when I'm watching Mario, but like Thor Ragnarok and Thor: Love and Thunder, you have these really good villains who disappear completely for the second act because the movie doesn't really give them anything to do. And then you just kind of get a bunch of filler scenes of their lives, of what they're doing, but they don't really add anything to the movie. And it just kind of drags everything down. And I, I think this was kind of an example of that, even though I, I think Jack Black was really good. If it was anyone else, well, that's like, I think, I think they cast a lot of these roles were casted perfectly um luigi like charlie days luigi was great the only one that's the only ones that are replaceable i'd say are like mario and peach honestly i think they could have been anyone i like chris pratt and i like anya taylor joy but 
they were they played it very generically. Yeah, I was impressed at like how how well they did with those, especially with Chris Pratt. I didn't really know what to expect. Like I know Chris Pratt is doing more voice acting, but like I don't know him. I don't know his capabilities as a voice actor yet, so I just always expect Star-Lord voice and like I never get that, which I'm very impressed by consistently. But like, yeah. you know, the fact that a voice actor who is Chris Pratt didn't sound like Chris Pratt feels like a low bar. He did well as Mario, and, like, I don't want to take away from that. But I think you're right. Like, Mario and Princess Peach, not that they weren't well cast, just that, like, it wasn't like, oh, Chris Pratt will always be Mario now. Like, he's, I, I can't see anyone else as Mario. Yeah. Whereas, like, with the others, I, I would struggle to not imagine their voices now if I played one of the games. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. I mean, they, they picked some very iconic voice, like... Those are three, like Charlie Day, Seth Rogen, and Jack Black are three voices that are like instantly recognizable, I think, in like any medium. So mm-hmm. they, they casted it very well. So I, I respect that. I personally wish that like Charles Martinet had gotten like a bigger role, but he uh he was there and they got the and they gave him two different characters, so that was cool. Charles was Martinet he the, is the he's he's the actual Mama Mia, the, he's he was. He's the original yeah. <laughs> voice of Mario. Uh, he voiced yeah. Mario in every Mario game. Uh, also, Parthenax in Skyrim, if you've played that. He's like no, the ancientest dragon. Anyway, oh, wow. he's an incredible voice actor with in, with amazing range. And uh, he got to voice the, the Mamma Mia guy and also Mario's dad, which like, mm. you know, they gave him two different roles, which is nice. I wish he would have gotten a a slightly bigger role, but like, Mm -hmm. I also don't know, don't know what slightly bigger role would have been available in this cast. Cause like, yeah, even maybe the smallest role here that like was still significant was Toad and Keegan, Michael (laughs) Key did a great job as Toad. He did solid. I just, I thought Toad was such a weird character because he literally, I feel like he had no, cause I was reading the Wikipedia plot and it said, his motivation in the movie was he's, he wanted to go on his first big adventure. I never got that in the movie. He was just kind of there the whole time, and he doesn't actually do anything. And he's not even, yeah. like, he's not, like, the sidekick, like, donkey. He's not funny. I mean, he's not not funny. He has that one cute scene at the start where he starts cooking for the guards instead of fighting them, which I thought was nice. But, like, other than that, I, I couldn't really tell you what he does in this movie. And then he, like you said earlier, he, like, re- repeatedly i think twice he says mario is my best friend and it's like i think i've seen you guys talk like twice this whole movie (laughs) like and i like it it just felt like such an odd addition i love Toad. like i love the look of toad i thought he was a very cute Mm -hmm. character but he just he had no reason to be there i was really hoping and i don't think this was the case i was really hoping that keegan michael key voiced all of the toads he ultimately did not, <laughs> but I thought that would have been really funny. There was yeah. like a there was a very small detail that I really liked in this game. Like the attention to detail in this movie is very is very cool. This is one of those things that's not a that, that was like definitely there if you want if you knew to look for it, but like wasn't pointed out. Did you notice that Keegan Michael Key's toad never jumped, not a single time? No, I didn't. 
That's because kind of interesting because he doesn't. Whenever he had to ascend for anything for any reason, like there's one, there's one scene where he like is standing on a stair and he has to go, like he's standing on a rock and he has to go to a rock that's a little higher and he puts up mm-hmm. his pickaxe and lets Peach pull him up. That's because Keegan-Michael Key's Toad is based on Captain Toad, which is a spin-off Mario game starring a toad with a big backpack who cannot jump. And that's like the whole thing is you have to navigate these little puzzles that are three-dimensional, but you can't jump. So if you need to go up, you need to find like elevators and stuff. I thought that was just a really nice touch that I don't know how many people noticed. That's cool. I, I didn't I didn't notice that. I mean, I noticed that he didn't, I guess he didn't jump when Peach let him climb up. I just thought it was because he was short. But no, that's a, that's a cool touch. Yeah, like you could tell, you could tell the fans, like the people that made this are definitely Mario fans, mm-hmm. or at least they knew a lot about Mario. So I appreciated that. Yeah, there's a lot of care put into this movie. Yeah, for sure. I I, I think for a a video game movie, this is probably as solid of a debut as you can get. I hesitate to say it because there's a lot of things that just feel really odd to me in the movie that like. Like, it's just, like, the, like the basic things, like, no character arcs. Like, I think if you fix the script up a bit and, like, just added some kind of dialogue, interesting dialogue, uh, you could have had, like, a really, really, really solid movie here. Um, having watched it, I'd say it's all right, but it was fun. And I enjoyed watching, because I actually, I just think, like, yeah, the world and, like, the animation was just really fun and colorful to look at. So I enjoyed it well enough because of that. But maybe the most important question, Pierre, did you like it better or worse than Sonic the Hedgehog? I think better, honestly. Uh, Sonic, I'd say, even though it probably had some more interesting stuff going on, you know, like Sonic had a character arc, or uh, I think Jim Carrey in that movie was really good. I think overall, I like Mario more just because... I hate I hate it I hated the real world stuff. Like the human character with the fish out of water cartoon sidekick is just not I think it just doesn't work because the the cartoon character is so much more interesting than everything else. Whereas in this movie you actually got to see Mario interact with the world and with all these beloved characters from the start, which I really liked. Whereas with Sonic, it's like you saw Sonic one, you never see him interact with Tails. And then you see the second one and he interacts with tails only but and kind of knuckles but you don't really see them hang out until the end of the movie and it's kind of ridiculous like i don't want to wait like three sonics to see him have a group of friends that aren't humans if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i do want to say as well though i don't like the real world stuff in the mario movie either like the least interesting part of this to me is when they're in brooklyn and at the very end when the mushroom kingdom comes to brooklyn like (laughs) I don't want to see Brooklyn in Mario. Is that from the game? Like, is is he actually I'm... from Brooklyn? Because I was very surprised there was any sort of real world reference in this movie. I thought Mario was always just a part of that world, but he lived, like, in a more real world city, if that makes sense. So, like, conventional wisdom tells us that Mario is an Italian plumber. But, like, the only reference to the real world is that somewhere along the way 
there is almost certainly something where Nintendo has referred to Mario as an Italian plumber rather than a plumber from some other, you know, made up place. So like, as far as I know, that's the only place where the real world even has any kind of bearing on Mario at all, except in the 1992 movie, the Super Mario Bros movie, the live action one with Bob Hoskins, where they are plumbers from Brooklyn. Like, actually. So, like, is this movie intentionally, like, calling back to the 1992 movie? Just, like, for the fans? Or is that just, I don't know, Shigeru Miyamoto's a, he's a, he's a producer on this movie. Is that what lives in his head? Is that his headcanon of Mario? Is that, no, they must be from Brooklyn? I don't know where the Brooklyn thing comes from, because I think the only place it's technically ever been referenced is in the respective movies which aren't mm. even supposed to have anything to do with each other. <laughs> like, the 1992 movie is very different, but it has shockingly many similarities. It's like two or three similarities, but that's more than I yeah. would have expected, considering how much it feels like people want to bury that movie. Wow. Yeah, that's that's actually really interesting. Um, I didn't hate the Brooklyn scenes. I, I, I can see why they added it, if that makes sense, because... It gives them the fish out of water adventure element, which I don't love because it feels a little cliche and it it takes you a little while to get into that world that everyone wants to see. But I like I did like the setup of they were down on their luck plumbers. I thought the whole getting sucked into a pipe stuff was just really lame, though. And a lot of this movie just felt like they they wanted the easiest way to get characters from one place to another really quickly like in this he he literally just is walking through the sewers and then a pipe sucks him in but which and this is interesting happens in the 1992 movie too that that's concerning (laughs) (laughs) um so but i i'd say like I, i like the initial concept of you know the plumbing business i actually really like that first scene when they're playing with the dog i thought the dog was hilarious at the start because it's just this dog is for some reason is like wants to murder Mario and Luigi. And he's like, he's like a Chad while doing it as well. (laughs) So I thought that was hilarious, especially there's like a callback to it at the end. I did think, I thought it was really weird that they brought Bowser into the real world though. Yeah. Because I think that's, that's what kind of ruined Mario's arc for me. I mean, again, there wasn't much of an arc, but I thought would have, would have been cool is if he, he learned how to be confident in himself because he saved the kingdom over there. And then he comes back and everyone's still treating him like shit, but he's like, Oh, I don't care because now I believe in myself. So it doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas in this, it's like the implication is that he came back to the real world and everyone saw him beat up Bowser and now they love him and believe in him. But it's like, that had nothing to do with his plumbing business. So like, yeah, he comes to Brooklyn and he conquers the strongest turtle, making him, therefore, the king of Brooklyn. So, <laughs> like, I guess, I don't know, it just, it just felt very tack, tacked on as a way of him being, like, the, the hero. But, because I guess at the start, he's like, I want to save Brooklyn. But what he actually did was he brought Bowser to Brooklyn. And I'm pretty sure the island probably killed millions of people because, like, the Bowser's castle just kind of lands in the middle of Brooklyn. And then he fights Bowser, 
on the street and then he wins but it's like this threat did not exist before mario was there so it's like the incredibles where he brought a threat and then defeated it so he could look good in front of everyone so he starts by wanting to save brooklyn brings bowser into brooklyn and then defeats bowser in brooklyn and saves brooklyn interestingly enough also in the 1993 movie are you serious I'm I'm reaching a little bit, but not a much. Little bit. This this also happens really more or weird. less in the '93 movie. That's really weird. I don't know how to feel about that. I guess now maybe we're finally seeing like what their original vision was in 1993. <laughs> this is like their ultimate revenge. Like we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out in the future that this was actually like all these movies were written in 1990, in the year 1990, and. And they've tricked everyone, and uh, and then they're going to be like, "Yeah, this movie could have been great twenty years ago. You just you trashed us too soon." <laughs> Which ironically would sounds a lot like the plumbing plot <laughs> of this movie as well, where everyone didn't believe in them at the start, and now they do for some reason. Even though, and then the end is it implied that they're plumbers in? Do they live in the mushroom kingdom and then they go plumbing in the real world? Or are they plumbing in the Mushroom Kingdom? Well, or are they the even Mushroom plumbers Kingdom, anymore? I don't think the Mushroom Kingdom had plumbing before, and it might be implied that they introduced plumbing to the Mushroom Kingdom. I'm not really sure, but like, I think that they're primarily in the Mushroom Kingdom at the end. I don't know about... I, only, I say primarily because like the ending is kind of a bit of a montage. So like... There's there's room for, you know, maybe they go back home every now and then because they've done it once. They probably know how to now. But, like, it kind of felt like they were primarily in the Mushroom Kingdom versus primarily in Brooklyn. Yeah. I, I guess. I don't know. I, I They're leaving it open for the second movie. I'm, yeah. I can't say I'm excited for it because I, I think I saw everything I really wanted to see from a Super Mario movie this time. If they if they go into Mario Kart or something, I think I could trust it. But as it stands, like, eh. I think with a second movie, I would hope to see a little more substance. Like this movie was super fun, and I can't hold against it that I think it's a little bit vapid uh, because it doesn't need to have a strong story. Most of the Mario games don't have a strong story, so it's fine. But like. I think if they do a sequel to it, that's the area I would want to see improved. Like I would want to see the story primarily actually be good. Yeah, especially if they're trying to push like the Mario Peach love angle. Like any scene of them talking and getting along would be nice. I don't think they didn't really feel like they actually ever bonded in any way. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I think that's that's just weird. There is that once I don't know why it just really like weirded me out. There's that one scene when they're right before they get attacked by Bowser on the Rainbow Road, where Donkey Kong's like, "Ooh, Mario thinks he can go on a date with the princess," and then Toad's like, "Yeah, of course he can." And then Peach is like, "Guys, stop!" And then they stop, (laughs) and then they go back, and it's never referenced again because like they don't end up being romantically involved. And it was just so weird. I, I'll, I'll never forget Donkey Kong's face when he like looked at Mario. It looked like he was looking at Mario, like like you really like 
He's like, I'm going to smash Peach before you do. <laughs> so it was just some, like some really weird beta alpha male shit. I don't know what was going on there. But yeah, not any scenes with characters actually like learn growing together would be nice in the next movie. That's all I ask. So that's Mario Bros. What would you give the Super Mario Bros. movie out of 10? Uh, I, I Actually, it's like a really solid five. It's very average. Yeah. I I might go as high as like a week six. I think it's, mm. I will remember this movie and I think it has a lot of rewatchability, but like it doesn't have a lot of rewatchability because you're always going to find something new. It has a lot of rewatchability because it's very fun. And I think that like you can always be in the mood to watch the Mario movie if you want just something, you know, something fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really chill, relaxing watch. Uh, other than that little star star dude was kind of creepy. I didn't like him. I yeah. really I thought he was really funny. He was funny. Was, uh, I just I just felt very out of place. Like I didn't like that scene at the end where he's like like it was just such a it was ended on such a happy note and then he just comes back and he's like like remember you're all going to die <laughs> eventually. I was like what? What the hell? It's such a weird way to end a, a children's movie. My God! Uh, yeah, I missed that part because there were kids screaming behind us. So oh, we had, to, we had to get out of there. That's fair. I will say this was probably the loudest. I think someone was like playing YouTube for their kid behind me. There was a row of kids in front of us, and then I think their one of their parents was to the left. So like the parent would walk past us to go talk to their kid in the row in front. Then the kid would come back to talk to their dad. And it, it was a very, I, I thought it was cute. I thought it was like, cause I wasn't like real heavily invested, but this was definitely like the most kids I've ever had at a movie theater experience in, the, in a long time, which I don't, again, I don't know what I expected. It's a Mario movie. So, but it was kind of an interesting experience. In in my case, the, the, the kids behind me were like teenagers and they had just come in from a different show oh. specifically to oh, mess okay. up everyone's day. But, oh, never mind. They weren't real kids. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, uh, luckily the experience that you had with kids was more cute than anything. But, like, if anyone's listening to this and thinking about, I don't know, going into a movie and ruining someone's day, don't do that. And if you're thinking about going to see a movie with your kids, just, you know, make make sure that you and your kids behave. Have, make, make it a good time for everyone. Always a good thing. Hmm. Of course. Oh, there was a dog there too. Someone brought a dog. <laughs> the dog was quiet. Though. Oh, the dog was very well behaved. Yeah, if you bring your dog to the theater, that's we love to see it. If the dog is well behaved. Yeah, I was, I was I was like, he's gonna start barking very quickly, or he'll have to pee or something. But it's a very well behaved dog. So good, good for you, dog owner out there. What's our last word for today? Make it one for the dogs. Uh. Sonic 2 was better. <laughs>